Welcome everybody back to Pyramid Scheme, the Destiny podcast hosted by your two favorite boys, uh, myself, Forebear, aka Austin. Uh, I, uh, you know, I'm that guy. And then uh, joining me, as always, is the incredibly beautiful, the unabashedly powerful Striker Titan, bashing bashing kids with the knees. Always making sure that their shoulders have been charged. <laughs> uh, it is Luminous Havoc, aka Justin. Hello. How's it going, Justin? How are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm I'm doing fantastic. Uh, <laughs> uh, just you know, uh, we're through another week, or I guess I guess this time it's been two weeks, two weeks since yeah. our last show, um, which is. Uh, actually, a blessing in disguise because uh, it was just a scheduling conflict that came down to us not being able to get together last week, uh, and also there was nothing to talk about. So uh, it's nice that we have this nice big meaty twab to sit down and chew on with uh, with all of our beautiful listeners. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's let's dive in, Justin. I do want to ask you hmm. a quick question. Um, would you rather be a clown for a year and you have to, you always have to be a clown for a full year and you get a hundred thousand dollars, but you're a clown everywhere. 100% of the time, if you step out of the house, you are now a clown automatically. Uh, and whether or not you sat down <laughs> to do that work, you are exhausted from doing it. So you're a tired clown all the time. Or, or would you rather? Here, Lord, let's hear it. Or would you rather uh, uh, have to have to defecate every meal you eat for six months? Meaning, meaning that like you poop out a perfectly good meal. It's not like poop. It is. It is like whatever you want to eat. You just squat down and release it from your from your bowels. Uh, <gasps> oh, it doesn't hilarious. smell bad. It, you know, it's a perfectly good cooked meal. Uh, but it came from your butt. I mean, I would like to think my butt's pretty clean. I'm a pretty clean person. But I'm also already a clown all the time too. So, which which way do we take this? Um, I mean, look, I'm gonna be real honest. Well, no, I was gonna say free food, but then at the end of the clown thing, you get the hundred thousand dollars. So free food doesn't matter. I would go with the clown thing. Hundred thousand dollars would solve so many of my problems. You know, I'm thinking the same thing, man. Like hundred thousand dollars, money doesn't buy happiness, but it sure does fucking help. It does. Uh, Okay, cool. A little, a nice little icebreaker for us. <laughs> about, I, I knew that that what about came you? out of nowhere for you. What about me? What would I do? Yeah. What would I rather do? I, I'd be the clown for sure. <laughs> no, for sure. I'm already a clown. Uh, not to, not to uh, steal your line there, but yeah. Like, are you kidding me? I already do clown shit. Like, let's <laughs> let's get a hundred thousand dollars. Sounds like free money. Okay, so. Guys, we have a nice big twab this week. Um, a lot of really cool stuff in here. Let's uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of break it down by you know section by section, touching on the important things. Uh, the very first one, right off the bat, is uh, Bungie continues to be an excellent voice for the uh, 
for maybe not the voiceless, but for for people who who don't always get the uh, the time in the spotlight that they deserve. The, the same type of audience, the same level right. of attention. Like Bungie, Bungie obviously has millions of fans around the world, uh, and of course, I've seen some like shitheads being just just being shitheads online about this. Um, but that's okay because fuck them, you know, don't play destiny. That's what I say. Um, so what we're alluding to, if you haven't seen the 12 already is, uh, uh, transgender awareness week is November 13th through the 19th. And Bungie has put in the be true emblem. Uh, this is a 100% free emblem that you can go and grab a code for. You can ask a buddy for a code for it. Like, it is not hard to find this code whatsoever. It's displayed right there in the TWAB. It's in the image that shows off the, the emblem. I love this. I think that this is fantastic. Uh, the Trans Awareness Week leads into Transgender Day of Remembrance, which is the 20th. Uh, and they are also going to be selling the Pride Pin, which I do proudly own one myself. Uh, and I believe, let me see, uh, all of the profits from the sale of the Pride Pin for the entire month of November will benefit Trans Lifeline in support of their efforts to provide peer support to trans people in crisis through respectful, anonymous, and confidential communication and resources. I think this is awesome. I mean... Bungie does such a good job with this stuff, man. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. They're so, like you said earlier, they're so proactive with yeah, this like, stuff. And, like, I don't know, I feel like they always... They're always really good at where they allocate the funds from the things that they they sell during these. Well, one hundred percent. And like, you know, we we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. But like, Bungie is always fantastic about like listening to the community and like being a voice for those people. Like like we said already. Um, but like the coolest thing, uh, something that's in the TWAB that might feel insignificant to some people is they added more Bungie bounty players. Um, in uh, specifically in the UK and in the Lat uh, the Latam community, so these are people that live in like Latin America in those those regions, um, because there weren't any Destiny bungee bounties that were in those areas, so it felt like a, an underserved portion of the community. Bungie listened; they listened to what the community wanted to see out of bungee bounties. So we're getting some of those guys. So that's that's super cool. Uh, Again, man, it's just, it's so cool to see Bungie, like, listen to people and, and, uh, help, help in any way they can. They've so. always been such a great company. Like, I don't know. I remember back in the, I believe it was the ODST days. I'm actually sure it was the ODST days because of the emblem on the shirt. When, <clears throat> when Haiti had all that relief that they needed during, I, I believe it was a. It was state. actually Destiny 1 days. Really? Yep, I have the shirt behind me somewhere. Uh, yeah, it's a D1, like early, early D1 shirt. But uh, I actually, I, if I could dig it out, I also have it somewhere. It doesn't really, it doesn't really fit very well anymore. But same. Um, but I just feel like, as for as long as I can remember, they've always done like whenever people need help, or you know, whenever someone needs a, a broader audience, or, or someone to give them the attention that they deserve, like Bungie's always been like right there. One hundred percent. Which I think is. Probably part of why <clears throat> I follow them so loyally as a company. You know what I mean? I feel like they embody everything that that I'm always been about. Yeah, that like <laughs> that sane people care about, right? Like, yeah, 
it's it's so funny to see, like I said earlier, like people being assholes about it. Um, when like Bungie is is anything but quiet about their stance on on issues like this. Like, no, Bungie Bungie one hundred percent is on on the right side of history here. And like, I'm sorry that you don't want to like have your game be political or whatever. But like, I don't know, man. Like, it's 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 important myself being a member of like the LGBTQ community, it's, it's important to see the, that representation in game. And it's even more important to see a company, you know, display that externally as well, like within themselves and, and, like, and, and with their community, because, you know, anyone, anyone can like, again, I'm doing big, big finger air quotes here. Like anyone can shoehorn in like a, 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 a pandering, you know, character that fits this demographic or whatever. Uh, it, it really does take a company that, that has like good legs to just like absolutely crush it and truly echo the message that they're putting out there. I also feel like, and like, I, I can't really think of any companies specifically at the moment, but I feel like there's a lot of companies that they see movements like this and they almost like jump on just for the political recognition. Yeah. And I mean, God, it Bungie feels like so different than that. It feels, I don't know. It feels like there's such purpose behind it and no, such, such intention. Like I said earlier, they're, it's a, they're very proud about it. It's not just like, oh hey, like you know, like we did this so that we don't catch any crap. Like no, no, no. These are the things that they legitimately believe in. Nothing, nothing surprised me more than when they did the, um, like the the eight minutes of silence before the Beyond Lights yeah, last year. That was really really cool. That that hit so hard. Uh, I think that that was the best thing that they possibly could have done. Um, like the games industry is still unfortunately run by like straight white men. Not I'm, I don't want to say exclusively, obviously, because I feel like that downplays the importance and the strides that have been made by people of color and women and trans and LGBTQ, um, by, by any minority that, that has become involved, uh, in, in the games industry. But like you do see so prominently, like even, even Bungie's not innocent to it. Right. Where like all most, most of the people in a high, like higher up positions, like Jason Jones, Luke Smith, Mark Noseworthy, uh, um, Oh God, I'm forgetting their names now. Of course I am. But like basically all straight white dudes with beards, right? Like, uh, which is, which is like the running joke. So it's cool to see them take a moment and be like, Hey, like you don't need to hear us say this. We're going to take action on it instead. Um, so it was, that's all, that's all I wanted to kind of touch on with all of that was, it was really cool to, to see every time they've done something and like, back in the halo days when they would do charities and, and raise money for, for children with cancer. And now they have like the Bungie foundation and all that. Anyway, Bungie's awesome. Destiny's awesome. Very correct. (laughs) 100%. They are, they're fantastic, but let's, uh, let's move into, uh, into some meaty twab action. Uh, the, the next thing that they kind of tackle is, what they're doing with Trials Lab this weekend, uh, and then kind of what their what their goals are with it. Um, I think Justin, if you want to hit some like high level stuff, if you if you wanted to hit some of the high level stuff with the Trials changes for this weekend, well, I guess I should should touch off with first. Uh, last time we did this, I said that I thought that the, the matchmaking was going to be a good idea. I was wrong. 
I no, I thought it would be two. I didn't even play because like within hours it was obvious that it was not working out. I mean, so like I said earlier, I actually did uh it was me, Blink, and our friend Chicken. We completed a confidence card. We did a flawless confidence card. And I actually also uh once Chicken got off and then it was just Blink and I, we actually went the two of us into matchmaking with you know, randos, and we got a couple wins on that false confidence card working towards my my seal. Um, so the experience for me personally was really great. And then I pulled up the Reddit, and I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, Justin, Nobody- you realized you were in the top, like, 1% of people enjoying what was going on this weekend. Um, so I will admit that I, I was wrong. The, the flawless pool matchmaking seems to do a better job than the the win-based matchmaking. It's so weird to me that they won't just go back to what they did the first weekend. I can't even remember like the exact details, but like it went over so well. It went well. very well. I also think even though as a as a whole, the population of trials is much higher, I feel like that first weekend was like a mountain peak. Yeah. Pretty cutthroat. Um, and so, like, I just feel like the amount of people that, that were like, well, you know, like, I'll give it a shot was a little bit higher than what it is now. So, you know, just a lot of people that haven't played threes or haven't played trials. And so maybe, maybe it was just a little bit easier because of that. I'm really not sure. Sure. Certainly no matchmaking expert. <laughs> um, but so it looks like they're, they're doing away with the, the card base matchmaking. I mean, the win-based matchmaking, so your, your matchmaking is going to be based on the wins just on your card. And then on Sunday at 10, they are going to turn the flawless pool on. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Even earlier in the weekend, like today and then tomorrow and like early, early Sunday morning, you do have time before the flawless pool is on, which is I'm very much going to try to get some more wins on a flawless card before I mean, that we got to play together so that I can try... I haven't I haven't been flawless at all in D two. I realized the other day while I was streaming, um, is is I <laughs> I I played Trials of the Nine a few weekends when that was a thing, and never we never went flawless in it, uh, or I never went flawless in it. Okay. I think maybe uh, I had, our I have, our other group of I friends. Have two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Well, uh, that's, a very, <laughs> that's a very low number. Trials of the Nine existed for a bit. Yeah. Um. But like had had a decent amount of D one flawlesses, and I've been super bummed out that I just haven't been able to to get it to happen again. But we shall see. Maybe this weekend is the weekend. But so not only is the matchmaking going back to what it was previously, but the the capture zone is coming back. The the trials I'm of kind control of into the idea of trials of control, man. I like okay so. What I disliked about the first implementation was how when a team lost a round, it pushed the advantage in their direction. Um, Because a lot of really good teams would... So, like, I had this happen to me a couple times when I was running cards during that weekend. They They would almost, like, let that first round just go. And then they would just build momentum from round two forward because they would get the... They would... You would have to come to them. Yeah. And so I don't like that. So it looks like this week they instead of having a neutral point and then two points that are closer to each other's spawns, they're going to have three different neutral points, and it changes. Which yeah, one I mean of those that is. sounds 
It's it sounds intuitive, right? Like even even when they talked about this the first weekend that they launched Trials of Control, uh, was was you know that they that they were like you know we're gonna have a neutral position and then there will be also positions to aid those who are maybe falling behind in matches or whatever. It it seemed incredibly counterintuitive to do it that way. Like that feels like you're giving someone an advantage when they don't need it. Yes. I, I like, I understand that trials can definitely be campy at times on certain maps, but like, I don't, I don't feel like giving someone a zone, especially in like endless veil, man, where it can feel like it takes the entire 30 second duration to, to get, get to, to the other point. team. Yep. Um, so like they already have a huge, anyway, uh, just, just kind of my perspective on it as someone who doesn't play a ton of trials that is trying to get back into playing more trials. It seems, it seems like this is the right way to do it. Uh, yeah. I also like that it's not like giving super duration. I was going to say the, the super energy. I mean, it's, it, you don't think it's that much, but like it can totally turn the tide of, of a round and then potentially a game. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, I couldn't imagine. I feel like I saw some, some of it where people would. Uh, hold a zone until it was almost captured and then wipe an enemy team. So get super progress on the kills and, and then, then capture the, the zone. zone and get even more super progress. Like, no, you were, you were probably seeing three or four fucking supers a game. Like, that's how, it, that's insane. Yeah, it was a lot. It felt like trials of the mayhem control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So yeah, so there, I mean, the rest of it is, you know, the map is going to be on, uh, in this veil this week. Like uh, all three of the the neutral zones are going to be uh, one at Temple, one at Mid, and one at Shrine. And then, like we said, no super energy when you cap a zone, either before or after a match ends. Uh, and, of course, your two times trials rank booster. So get in there and earn some cool loot, my dudes. Um, That's what the game is about, right? Yeah, Give me the loot. Yeah. So I, I hate that I felt like... We kind of maybe hurried that along at the end there. I didn't want to like step on toes or anything. No, you're good. But I realized that we're 20 minutes in already almost. Uh, and we haven't even touched on the bulk of this bad boy, which is, of course, the weapon balance tuning update that is coming with the 30th anniversary on December 7th, two days after my birthday. Uh, Ooh. Uh, and then Halo the next day. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna touch on on some fat trials changes. Um, I was gonna suggest that we like do it again the way that we did it when we read the patch notes, where we kind of broke it up by section by section. But I would I'm gonna feel bad for either one of us that gets stuck with all of the exotic changes. Um, I mean, we can just break that in half. I I think like yeah, let's let's just kind of. I think if we look at it organically, I think that we'll we'll get there in the end, no matter how. How about when we get to the exotics, we'll just for every weapon we'll switch. Okay, sure. Um, so yeah, so I mean, let's let's go ahead and touch on like archetypes, right? So, um, uh, was it was it Chris Proctor? Yeah. So design lead Chris Proctor gave us a nice meaty breakdown, and I don't even know necessarily if this is even all of the weapon changes that we can expect i feel like they always leave a couple out yeah they um, give you like a rough outline earlier right and then the patch notes come out and then there's like a couple extra things i'm excited to see what else could be in here because it already feels like a ton of stuff is changing yeah so the biggest things are uh shotguns uh in season 11 we wanted to see if slugs could be a viable could be viable rather in pve with a high enough reward for the risk of being close and at the time uh sorry and the time it takes to aim at a head 
Uh, well, the good news is that they're ver- they're viable. I am stumbling all over my words today. Anyway, guys, the point is right is uh, the the shotguns, uh, specifically the precision shotguns like chaperone and stuff like that, have gotten a little out of hand. So the slug shotguns are going to be reduced uh as far as their damage bonus goes in PvE from 30% to 20%. Uh and then they are also giving pellet shotguns a 10% uh PvE boost. So this is definitely to help minimize some of the the double slug strats on bosses. Her- Heritage, uh, what's the other one? First Heritage and last out. And, yeah, first and last out. I have out, perfect yeah. ones of both. I, I do it. too, man. I, I feel I'm yeah. <laughs> I feel personally attacked right now. So I really appreciate it. Uh, so the other another cool thing that they're doing is even though linear fusions right now are super hot, right, because of the particle deconstruction mod, um, they're they're kind of having a hard time competing with other ease of use uh, for other damage options. Like, Rocket Launcher's got a nice little buff, and I think without Particle Deconstruction, they're still outclassing Linears. Uh, I mean, really, really, it's difficult to justify using a Linear Fusion, even if, like, the DPS is higher, when you can use a thousand voices... And not worry uh, about headshots. And not worry about crits at all. uh, And again, particularly because of Particle Deconstruction. But anyway, so... Instead of giving them a precision damage buff like they did in Season 14, that's staying. So it's going to keep that buff that they gave it last time. They are now also increasing overall PvE damage by a flat 10%. So all linear fusions will now do 10% more PvE damage. Um, which, hey, that's exciting because this is coming mid-season, mid-extra-long season. Yeah. So it's going to be the same artifact Al- mods and almost everything. Almost like a refreshed. Yeah, yeah. Almost, it's a little April update up in here. Uh for for those of you those of you taking tots listening, you, you seem pretty happy about the the, uh, the the linear change. I mean, I'm I'm excited about it. Yes, I'm excited about it, uh, and we'll get to it later on uh, for the, like the specific reason why I'm excited about it. But at the same time, there's yet another change that we'll get to later on that I'm also equally excited about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But so three more uh, archetypes. So caster swords are reducing their heavy swing, or sorry, their their heavy attack ammo cost from eight to five, and then bows are getting an increased damage versus adds. So rank and file enemies, mobs, whatever you want to call Red them. Bars. But right uh, by about ten percent. Uh, they didn't give a specific number. It's probably like nine point nine eight percent, and like it's just easier to call it about ten percent. That surprises me. I feel like I one shot most things with my bow. I, you know, I feel like I do too, but not not everything. I guess like there are some ads that that can tank a bow shot. Yeah. Oh well, I'll I'll ta- I'll happily take stronger weapons. I think the chasing that power fantasy is is what is uh, the most exciting about it for me. And then next is sidearms infusions. Yeah, sidearms infusions. So due to an ancient data uh, data entry error, <laughs> sidearms and fusion rifle projectiles were non-hit scan. That means projectile, boys and girls. Uh, behind the scenes, the engine does math converting a projectile from non-hit scan to hit scan if it would cover a specific distance in one frame. So this would only occur running at 60 FPS or higher. Uh, shout out to a specific community that provided us with evidence on this issue. You know who you are. So the, uh, the change here is that they are increasing sidearm and fusion rifle projectile speed from 999 
which typically in a video game is like meter per second or world units per second, um, to 9,999, <laughs> uh, which makes them hit scan regardless of frame rate. So the, the, basically the speed is moving so fast that the game doesn't have to worry about the, the, uh, um, travel time, the, the travel time, the, um, there's a specific word I'm looking for the, uh, the calculation. Okay. You don't yeah, have to yeah, worry yeah. about the calculation to figure out whether or not it will be hit scan or not, because it's going to be hit scan every single time. Um, it's over 9,000. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is, almost, <laughs> it is over 9,000. Sorry. It's almost 10,000. <laughs> that's going to be, I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. Cause I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the Cartesian that I use in crucible, like it, there's been a couple instances where I feel like if if the bolts had just flown a little faster, it, it well, I might I, not have traded. I may have misunderstood the previous TWAP where they talked about fusion rifle changes. I mm-hmm. feel like this was months ago at this point. But I felt like they specifically told us that all Destiny 2 fusion rifles were hitscan because of the networking problems that non-hitscan weapons were giving them in Destiny 1. Like specifically fusion rifles, and like an even more specific example is why like Pocket Infinity doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, uh, which is hilarious to think about because Vex Mythoclast is just a non-hit scan. Or I, I, maybe it is hit scan, uh, like extremely high rate of fire fusion rifle. But I think I think the game actually uh, identifies it as an auto rifle, um, but it just calls it a fusion, a fusion rifle. rifle. I mean, that's, that's called what it is. That is what it is. Right. Um, okay. So the next thing up, guys, is exotics. Now, there are a ton of exotic changes in here. Like, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 exotic weapons are being touched here. Um, which is awesome. So we're going to go through each of them. I think, I think we kind of want to, Maybe like some of these have some pretty meaty descriptions. Um, I think we can kind of hit high level points on these guys okay. and get the point across without spending, you know, half an hour <laughs> just looking at these exotics. Um, but yeah, so like the the first one up at is of course Vex Mythoclast. Uh, yeah, it was it was buffed a little too high, but the nerf that they're giving to it doesn't feel like super extreme in my opinion. And it could be because I play on PC and like some of these changes aren't really affecting me anyway. Yeah. Uh, but they are reducing the aim assist stat by 25. Uh, they are uh, reducing the linear fusion rifle mode aim assist cone scaler from 1.1 to 1.05. Uh, it now requires three eliminations for full overcharge. I believe in PvP is what mm-hmm. they mean here uh, instead of two. So... I think that's nice. At least for console, I think attacking the aim assist might be the right way to go to to pull the range in without actually hurting its effective range. Yeah, that I way. Think, I think the the aim assist change is substantial enough that, like, yeah, one hundred percent, like PC players are going to notice that too. We'll see. <laughs> uh, and then, like, the aim assist cone scaler is is cool that they're lowering that. It's interesting that it's being lowered only to what it is, and it could be that, like, in my head, those numbers should be higher. Um, but yeah, just neat, neat stuff all around. So the next one is the fighting lion, which 
has like an entire community behind it. <laughs> uh, I, so like, if I can just like real quick hit on this, like I just got through my Wither Horde catalyst quest mm-hmm. and trying to use grenade launchers in this game right now kind of sucks. It does. So I was running a fighting lion and, um, oh God, what was the, I think I was using fucking mountaintop. Um, just, just because it was, it was, Easy, easy to quick swap between the two, uh, to try to get two grenades off in the time that it normally would take one and then be halfway through a reload. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, fighting line definitely needed a buff. I'm sorry, Justin, didn't mean No, that. you're good. I, when I did the Weather Horde Catalyst, I used Weather Horde and then like a, like a Truth Teller or something. I, I just could never get anyone to stain in my fucking Weather Horde. Oh, dude, you just gotta run multiple scavengers and just, just throw Weather Horde everywhere. Uh, that's Become fair. a menace. Um, so they removed the multi-hit requirement. So basically, like, if you deal damage to any individual target, you will now receive the buff that it gives you. Yeah. Um, and then they, they buff the reload speed, or the stat, from 50 to 70. So if you don't land your shot, it's still going to be slow. But if you actually get that buff going, it will feel like it reloads very quickly. So it's, re- yeah. it's rewarding you for being... For having your aim on point with a gun, which is what you should do for a skill shot weapon like a grenade launcher like that. Um, and then they increase the buff duration to seven seconds. So once you get that hit, you can actually take advantage of the buff for a longer period of time. So I think that it'll be an interesting place. I mean, I've never, Fighting Line has never like upset me in Crucible the, the way that some weapons do. And so I don't no. understand why people get so upset with them, but. We'll see. Maybe this can revive it a little bit and, and bring back its its little following that it has. It'd be cool. It was it was kind of fun to run mountaintop and also experience like how bad that nerf was to it. Like yeah. the midair accuracy is dog shit it's now. Abysmal. Um it was it was kind of fun running Fighting Lion and Mountaintop while I was trying to get that quest done. Uh it was like a throwback to year two. Um So do you wanna ta- do you wanna tackle Arbalist? Oh yeah, this big thick boy here. So um <laughs> Uh, so Arbalist, it, it's it's pretty simple, right? Like they always wanted to have uh, a, a utility and high difficulty PVE content, um, but it doesn't have any champion mods, right? So they are giving it intrinsic anti barrier. I think that makes um, sense. I think it does too. I I think I think it's interesting that they keep giving these weapons that have the intrinsic champion perks only anti barrier because like uh, Levi or. Uh, uh, Banshee's fuck. What is it called? Uh, lament. The lament. Thank you. So uh, the the lament is anti barrier. The um, I I'm spacing so hard tonight, man. I don't know what the uh, deal Ariana's. is. There. Ariana's vow is uh only anti barrier, and then Arbalest now is going to be anti barrier. They do have a couple. So Leviathan's breath is unstoppable. You know I'm that? an idiot. They I'm an that. idiot. I knew that. Um, I'm but, such an but, idiot. But no, there's only, I feel like there's only like one of each of the other ones and there's like three barrier. Yeah. Um, what's, what's the other one? I think it's, doesn't Devil's Ruin have an intrinsic? No. No. Does it? Does it? I don't, I don't have it. Quick d- Google break. Uh, Justin, entertain us. Um, uh... <laughs> well, I'm, I was just going to say, I know that Arbalest is super short. And the next one is something that you wanted to talk about anyway. So since you can 
you can do this next one. It is it is strong against unstoppables. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, an, I'm an idiot, dude. Well, no. <laughs> Don't say that. How often do you see people running something like Leviathan's Breath or Devil's Ruin in high-end PvE? Literally content? never. Never. But, I mean, since Arbalest already hits so heavily against shields, it is it already has some utility in high-end PvE content. And right. so, like they said in their little note, it's meant to be against shields. So why would it not have Intrinsic Barrier? No, I mean, it makes sense. I, I'm looking forward to maybe using it in some uh, in-game level content soon. So, the big one, right? Like, we've been asking for this buff, or a buff in some capacity for a long time here. So, Sleeper Stimulant. I, I, I'm i just, like, I'm all over the place. Sleeper Stimulant. I <laughs> promise I'm not, like, half asleep or drunk right now. Um, so the delta between sleeper and the best legendary linear sidearms or <laughs> linear fusion rifle, uh, wasn't large enough to make the, uh, the sleeper a compelling option. So while it is going to benefit from the 10% damage buff that they mentioned earlier, uh, they are also going to increase the magazine size from three currently to four, and then also increase PVE damage a further 6% for a total of a 16% damage buff versus where it's at right now. And that extra shot in the magazine. Really curious to see what this does with it. I am too, man. I like think, I love sleeper and I'd love to see it get used more. I think this will become a, a, a Templar killer. Like, this would be so much fun to see, especially with the Catalyst, which you still cannot get right now, um, if you don't already have it. It'd be, it'd be a lot of fun to see what this does, especially while Particle Deconstruction is still around. Like, this feels like it could dethrone 1k voices just a little bit. Yeah, it's possible. Although, I'd love to see what those damage... No, they, have, they have an equal chance of killing yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> fair. Man, D1 bubbles, let me tell you. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so Soros, Soros, uh, the dual mode receiver always made Soros a worse 360 RPM auto rifle, but fixing that is a straightforward stat bump. So, uh, dual mode receiver mode now grants the following in addition to its current effect, which is plus 30 range and plus three zoom. Dear Lord, um, it's a scout rifle. It's <laughs> dude. Soros is about to start cross mapping people. No. I, I love Soros. I loved the D1 vanilla. Like day one auto rifle meta, so I'm kind of looking forward to popping some Suros uh, and ruining kids' days. I was not a massive fan of it. I don't like auto rifles; <laughs> they make me sad. Uh, the next one is the uh, the stasis sidearm, Cryostasia 77k, um, and I I understand where they were coming from. This so given the state of stasis in PvP at the start of season 14. They shipped it weak because they were afraid of how people would react with how stasis felt at that point in time if they just threw a really good stasis sidearm in there. Which I mean, is a good call. Dude, even even with it being as weak as it was, the very first week of that season, I got frozen by that thing in Crucible so many times, I had to put my controller down and walk away. I don't feel like I did. I, I did. Like I did not see it. I, I feel like I have different experiences than a lot of people. I don't know. Um, but now that they kind of have messed with stasis a little bit and people are generally more comfortable with it. They decided to rework it to address how weak it is in PVE. Um, so they removed the variable trigger, which means that it, instead of holding the trigger and then letting it go, now it's going to just fire on press. So it's going to feel less like you're waiting for it to happen and more like it's just happening. 
Right. Um, and then they changed the charge shot to a special reload. So you're gonna have to hold down the reload button, kind of like Izanagi's or Symmetry. Yeah. Um, that way you can you can choose if you want to do that or not. Because I feel like there are a lot of situations people are running into where, you know, maybe it makes more sense to just continue using it as a sidearm. And right. they had to go through that whole reload animation and then fire the charge shot. Well, and like the fact that it would eat the rest of your magazine and too that's was the next super point. lame. And so now it doesn't consume the entirety of your magazine, so you can fire that charge shot and then continue to use the weapon afterwards instead of putting yourself in some sort of limbo where you've got to reload the gun. Yeah. Uh, and then they also are giving it an AOE. So it freezes AI, like combatants, but uh, it will slow players in Crucible. And the direct hit will still freeze. I'm curious to see how this how this goes. I think this may uh, actually become a viable, viable PvE gun because, you know, with higher level content, freezing stuff is and anything that you can do to stop yourself from taking damage or to I mean stasis has become like a very solid choice in in game content um like stasis is totally useful in GM nightfalls yeah uh, especially paired more with than, like Aegir scepter uh and and you know all all of that stuff like it's it's really cool to have seen stasis like i remember the big concern was like cool it's it's a, a an ad control super but the ads aren't a big enough problem in any content right now for that to really make a big difference. So what's the point? And it feels like they've given us a point. Yeah. You know, now, now that end game content is harder and there are things like master raids and grandmaster nightfalls and all of that stuff running amok. Uh, it's really cool to see stasis like come in and have its own play style 100% around it. Mm-hmm. It makes me that much more excited about what we could see come out of, uh, um, a useful, another useful like stage weapon. Well, even even like the the light subclass refresh. I'm excited to see how fragments and aspects on those guys can really change the the you know moment to moment gameplay for in game content. I'm very scared. <laughs> I'm so worried they're going to ruin my build when it gets uh, to the the arc subclasses. I can't imagine right that they would take anything away. They have to. They have to be making meaningful changes. Yeah, I mean, so I'm, hopefully... just, I'm just being a, a stubborn child. No, I, I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Do you want to do Leviathan's Breath? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll... I'll yeah. Um, so Leviathan's Breath is very underused. So in order to uh, increase its usefulness, they are giving the Catalyst Archer's Tempo in addition to its other existing perks, which is awesome. Um... I, I think that we will see so much more use out of uh, out of Leviathan's Breath. Like Archer's Tempo giving that like incredibly fast draw time after uh, after a headshot will make it a ridiculously fun power weapon to use. So not only that, but and I don't know how it stacks up this season with particle deconstruction and all the the fusion rifle buffs. But it was like a season or two ago. On paper. It was technically one of the, if you if you literally <clears throat> drew the moment <clears throat> I'm dying <laughs> if you <laughs> if you had perfect draws it was technically one of the highest DPS weapons in the game yeah so I'm curious to see with Archer's Tempo what happens like you know this oh, could man. become this could actually become like a viable DPS option 
it's going to be crazy. There's probably a good reason why they're not increasing the damage output. They're probably really happy with where it's at. Uh, or they're hesitant to touch it at all, given that, like, if you leave a trash mod, like, like everyone leaves the harpies, right? Mm-hmm. In, uh, uh, in Vogue. Could you imagine, like, one or two people out of the six taking out those harpies just to, like, spam Avion for a few seconds? Uh, it's gonna be bananas. I'm very excited about it. Now, probably my second most anticipated change. I am uh, so excited. Is Whisper of the Worm. Uh, so the original DPS King has fallen out of favor with the delay before the damage buff kicking in, making the weapon less usable in short damage phases and optimal sustained damage requiring all critical hits but not sufficiently rewarding precision. So what they're changing is reducing the delay on activating whispered breathing from the catalyst from 2.1 seconds to 1.2 seconds. That's bananas. That's what a big difference there. Like, again, it's one of those things that you don't think that one second or even like 0.9 seconds, right. is going to make that big of a difference, but just like sit right here. Listeners sit right here. Nice and quiet. That was one second. It was a little bit longer than one second, but that that makes a difference, right? So mm-hmm. White Nail is also changing. So the White Nail magazine refill is going from, instead of pulling three from your inventory, like it uh, was changed to, because just like Black Hammer used to, it used to just pull three from the air. Um, and then, of course, they brought it back down to what it was in D1 uh, after that change. So it was pulling three from your inventory, and then they lowered your inventory size. What they're doing now is making it so that it will pull two rounds from your inventory and then one from thin air, which is effectively increasing your magazine size by a third um, if you're hitting your precision shots the way that you're supposed to be. It's very cool. They're also giving it a 10% damage buff in PvE. I cannot wait to use this bad boy in in-game level content again. Um, I love this gun. I love the Whisper of the Worm. I loved the Whisper mission. Yeah, one of some of the best content in the game. 100%. Some of the best music in the game. Yeah, yeah. So, very exciting stuff. I'm very excited for Whisper. Um, so, the next one is Darcy, which is kind of in the same boat. Uh, it used to be a very good DPS option, and it kind of it kind of got left behind and forgotten. So, uh, the damage is dependent, just like Whisper, on landing headshots. So, they've made it a little easier to use. They've reduced the flinch, recoil, and accuracy degradation by 50 while personal assistant is active. And then they also added a delay before it deactivates when you are off of a target. And then they decided to give it a 20% PVE damage increase, which I That's think is bananas. kind of wild. This one also could be a contender for actually doing something in terms of DPS situations when you're melting a boss down again. It's, it's crazy that they've added a full one second delay to the deactivation of personal assistant when like it's very easy, especially on a controller and like oftentimes on a mouse when you're in like that tight situations mm-hmm. where like you need to be focused on their head and it's just kind of difficult to track an enemy's crit spot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super cool that they're giving us this delay now. So it doesn't just go away. We have to wait for it to kick back in again. Um, Malfeasance is getting an increased explosion damage by 50 percent this so is gonna excited. make this is gonna make malfeasance worth like fucking worth using again like so, my roommate who also plays destiny loves gambit 
and like he's like i would i'd want to use my gambit gun and gambit but it's not good uh boy it's about to get good so one of the things that i feel like destiny has done a really good job of more recently is like kind of like crazy synergetic interactions yeah like you know if you run particle deconstructor and then you have one person running stasis and you have a well and then you have focusing lens like you could just destroy something so i found out the other day that targets that are affected by wither horde take the bonus damage as if they are taken taken enemies stack that so they take their regular amount of bonus damage 25 percent and then if they're affected by wither horde they take another 25 percent bonus damage for malfeasance so with this buff i'm curious to see if you like go into prophecy with one person running wither horde and like two hunters with lucky pants if you could just absolutely crush him. That'd be unreal, That's going to be a 50% damage bonus on the boss, and then the lucky pants, and then the explosion is going to do... I can't believe they buffed it by 50%. I'm, I'm a little scared. <laughs> I'm excited for this one. I yeah. When I started playing again, Malfeasance was the first gun that I went and got. Man, it's such a... F- it's Again, it's just a cool gun. It is. It's un- I wish it were better. Well, we'll see. Um, okay, we're going to try to nail these last few down real fast. Um, so a little bit less commentary from us guys, but just know that like, just like the rest of the exotics that, that we've talked about, these are some really good changes. So Dead Man's Tail, uh, it's lost a lot of usage. So what they're doing is buffing it specifically for controller players. Um, and these changes will have notated effects on mouse and keyboard. So they're increased, uh, recoil friction fall off distance, which has zero effect on MKB. Uh, less recoil, uh, and a reduced effect when using a mouse and keyboard, uh, and an improved accuracy, again, reduced effect when using mouse and keyboard. Very cool. Uh, I love DMT. I'd love to see it used more. Uh, the air apparent catalyst is getting a massive nerf in PvP specifically. So it's reducing its damage resistance against players from 75. That's so high. Uh, yeah. All the way down to 25%. No more cheesing air parent, you jackass. It's justifiable. There, it was way too strong. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, Lorenz Driver is uh, removing ability regeneration on pickup uh, of telemetry. So the little telemetry that they drop, <clears throat> they are re- removing the uh, ability energy regeneration from this, which is kind of surprising. I don't feel like I ever use Lorenz Driver for the ability regen effect. But I guess enough people were were using it for that that they felt like it was necessary to tune it down a little. That makes sense. Uh, and then Traveler's Chosen now grants 10% ability energy per stack on activation flat for each stack. Uh, it was previously more generous on low stacks, less generous on high stacks, which averaged out to an amount of basically 10 per um, uh, uh, 10 stacks is basically going unchanged. So... Totally fine. Reduced the stacks granted on a Guardian defeat, by the way, from three to two. <coughs> Excuse me. So, again, like, fantastic changes all the way around. I cannot wait to see what else gets touched. If, like, these exotics are all getting touched, um, that's going to be really cool. So, next is, hit- the, next is the perks. Do you want to touch on that, at least... Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think again, like, just kind of hitting on on... The bullet points, I think we can get away with that, um, rather than spinning, uh, because, so, for some behind the scenes, like, insider baseball for you guys listening, <laughs> uh, Justin and I, 
aim to keep the podcast as close to an hour as we can. Uh, this week's podcast is obviously not just going to be an hour because we spent the entire time so far talking about the TWAB. So we're going to try to knock out the rest of this. We're almost done with the patch notes, but uh, that's why that's why we're trying to speed this along is because we don't want to go too, too terribly long. Um, so yeah, so the perks, like Adrenaline Junkie, wasn't performing as well as intended, so now eliminations with your weapon can add single damage stacks or extend existing ones. Very, very reminiscent of like a swashbuckler. Yeah, it's just right. What they call it, grenade buckler. Yeah, grenade buckler. Uh, grenade eliminations boost the stacks immediately to times five. Again, grenade buckler, uh, and lower the duration to compensate for weapon activation. I think that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It'll. This is going to become viable. I think we'll see. Yeah. I, I do not keep anything with Adrenaline Junkie on it. Uh, maybe I will now. I've kept a couple things in anticipation. Uh, Vorpal Weapon is getting changed. It was 15% damage increase on all weapons. Now it is going to be a 10% on heavy weapons, a 15% on special weapons, and a 20% on primary weapons. That is very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing how that uh, how that actually affects gameplay. It doesn't feel like a massive change, but a 20% damage buff on a weapon that has Vorpal versus one that does not is pretty substantial. Yeah. Primary is your boss damage. <laughs> <laughs> Red King, Red King! Um, uh, I guess Red King wouldn't have Vorpal, though, so never mind. No, Telesto will break it somehow. And quick one, have one person with Telesto and Red King gets Vorpal weapon. <laughs> um, Whirlwind Blade is increasing the number of stacks needed to hit maximum damage from 5 to 10 um, okay I don't use swords enough to really care personally I'm so sad <laughs> I, uh, I mean like don't get like right like don't get me wrong um, it's it's a bummer uh, no, it'll be but fine. I think it's fine I think it's fine Pulse Monitor is changing the threshold for activation from 90% health to 30% shields, uh, which means that this now requires much less damage to trigger, which is very, very cool. I didn't, no, I didn't even see that one. That's kind of wild. Uh, that is that is significantly less damage to take before Pulse, uh, pulse Monitor activates. Um, okay. So some mod changes. They're changing up quick access sling uh, just to just to even out the playing field a little bit. So functionality changing. It was one hundred. It was plus one hundred percent handling. Point uh, nine times ready stow aim down sights for point four seconds after running out of ammo. Now it is just the point uh, nine times uh, for ready stow time at all times. Um, this feels like a much larger perk. But because, or uh, mod, but because I don't use quick access sling at all, I could not tell you how this is actually going to be. I, I don't use it either, but the 100 plus hand, that it just seems like a lot. I think that this is probably the right move. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then this is a really cool, really cool thing that they're doing here with full auto retrofit, which is basically it's an accessibility option, right? Like they have an accessibility option planned for the Witch Queen, which is meant to make using. Um, weapons, specifically precision weapons, uh, a little bit easier for players that have difficulty with controller pulls or mouse clicks, things like that, so that you can just hold down that trigger or just hold down your mouse button and get those kills. Um, so for right now, because they can get this out sooner, is a new mod called 
full auto retrofit, which is usable on legendary tier hand cannons, sidearms, scout rifles, and pulse rifles. And it is unlocked by default for all players. Again, Bungie just going above and beyond when it comes to being a supportive company, uh, both for accessibility and for marginalized peoples. They're just, they're just the greatest company on there. Another really cool thing that they touch on here, and this is kind of the end of our TWAB coverage, I feel like, for uh, yeah for for the day, for the week. So they're talking about some some system level changes in the near future for the Witch Queen, which makes a lot of sense, right? Like I kind of briefly touched on it earlier, but like light subclass trees are going away. They are all eventually going to have the stasis treatment. The biggest thing is that the void subclass is the first one that we're going to get to see, right? So all of the void subclasses are being changed, which is a very high level system change, um, system level change, rather very high level system level change. The biggest thing that the sandbox team is focused on uh, when it comes to weapons and weapon variety is obviously going to be weapon uh, differentiation, rather. They specifically said, if I have two void adaptive hand cannons, one from the Suros Foundry and one from the latest raid, why do I care about one more than the other? The stats tend to be fairly close. Perk pools can be different, but there are only so many perks, and it's a stretch to say that the perk pool gives the weapon its identity. We've got something shipping on uh, all new and reissued weapons in the Witch Queen that addresses this issue directly and are working to expand the same solution to all weapons that drop in the future. Um, they also mentioned that they are touching the special ammo economy and PvP uh, at some point in the Witch Queen. And then uh, exotic primary weapons already advance ammo finder mods much faster, but we want them to feel better in hard PvE content and are adjusting all of them to reach this goal. That's very uh, exciting. We're looking at you, Chaperon. Yeah, and then some PvP uh, changes for exotics. Um, so that certain weapons... Shadowrun, Shadowrun, uh Don't stay incredibly dominant in the Crucible. I gotta say, I'm very exciting uh, about the weapon differentiation changes that are coming. Uh, you know, D1 had the... Uh, Oh no, the Weaponsmith bounties. And it was like, do you go with a Soros, a Hake, or the third one? <laughs> uh, I'm forgetting what it's called. Amalan, yes. And then <laughs> D2 introduced Vice. Uh, I'm excited to see how weapons from different manufacturers, maybe even different sources, like raid stuff, may even be fully unique as well. Yeah. May differentiate themselves between one another. Th this is a very exciting change, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm definitely excited. I feel like uh, I feel like it's been a really long time since weapons have had super stark identities. I mean, there are some really sought after weapons in D2, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like you can find two different guns in the same archety same archetype, and like like they said, other than perk pools, they're relatively the same. They might look yeah. different, but you know, when it comes I mean, down it, to it's choosing. The it's the funny thing that, that kind of happens with like, um, with the better devils analogy that Luke Smith gave before D2 ever came out when they were like, yeah, so we're not going to do random rolls. We need to work on how you finding your ninth or 10th better devils is going to feel differently, uh, and feel better than it would have in destiny one. Yeah. And then of course they went back on that. They were like, sorry, random rolls make the game way more interesting. And now they're taking that even a step further to say like, 
maybe maybe your 10th better devils is still going to be a better devils but a weapon in that exact same archetype with the exact same element on it is going to feel a little bit differently if you got it from a different place or from a different manufacturer and that's super cool i'm super into that that really gives them the opportunity to make raid weapons stand out again yeah man yeah man <laughs> like jesus i'm so bored of raid weapons i have like don't get me wrong Deepstone Crypt weapons have some really fun perks on them. It was great to get uh, 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 Firefly back. What's yeah. the word? Fatebringer. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, that kind of stuff is cool and all, but it'd be really cool if raid weapons especially really differentiate themselves uh, in an interesting way. Make make we'll that in-game level content kind that of, much more. It kind of left this one a little vague. Do what? I said, we'll see. They kind of left this one a little vague. They just, yeah. They're like, we're going to differentiate things, but they didn't really say how. Yeah, you know, for sure. And and like, it's totally, it's totally like me to just get super excited about a thing with zero details. No, it's good. Uh, but yeah, so let's uh, let's touch on. I'm gonna, I'm going to make a quick on the fly adjustment. Okay. Right to to a topic um, because we had a big topic, and I feel like. It would probably be better suited for a week where we can spend a good amount of time. Like on a week like last week where, where there was a smaller TWAB. Yeah. It, it probably would be better for a small TWAB week. And they said that the rest of the TWABs leading up to December 7th will be a, little, a good bit lighter than this one was. Um, so, Justin, we're going to play the Would You Rather game again. Oh, Lord. All right. But... This time it's going to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more in tune with what we're talking about. All right. So there was a big point of contention last year when Bungie had their Beyond Light stream, their reveal stream, and they announced that Beyond Light was the beginning of a new adventure. Like, if if you want to look at like arcs in a saga, like we're entering the darkness arc of Destiny's Light versus Darkness saga. Mm-hmm. And so Beyond Light was kind of that intro. Now we're coming up to the Witch Queen. And of course, Lightfall after that. Finally, to finish off this long-term, you know, story, right? That we started in 2014 with the original Destiny release going up till 2025, I think. 2024, 2025. So basically 10 years, right? Yeah. Of, of Destiny story development. Um they also said that Destiny 2 will not be going away. Like, there will continue to be a Destiny 2 well after uh, uh, the final shape. Which, obviously, has to mean expansions. Yeah. Um, I don't think D2 is going dark anytime soon. Anyway, the question then, Justin, is would you rather Destiny 2 continue to be work on, worked on forever? We see annual expansion after annual expansion after annual expansion uh in tandem with like the dcv and like those systems and stuff that are in place mm-hmm. obviously if we lived in an ideal world the dcv wouldn't have to exist because storage wouldn't be a problem and efficiently patching the game wouldn't be uh fucked Unfortunately, <laughs> for lack of a better term we do not uh, because the game world. getting huge so would you rather just have d2 forever uh and continue to get updated and expansions blah 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 or would you be okay with D2 not getting any more content for the next, let's say, four years? Not that that's how that would work, obviously. Mm-hmm. But in this scenario, I'm making you choose. 
Um, or hell, let's even say two years. Like, would you be okay with no new Destiny content for two years so that they can put out a Destiny 3? Probably not. I feel like... I feel like I'm one of those people that, that, that people are afraid of. Like, I'm, I'm the reason they time-gate things. They release content, and I'm just like, give me, give me everything. And yeah. then I, and then I'm just like, what, what do I do now? So like, if you were to give me two years of just like nothing, I feel like I'd be very upset. No, totally. Um, I think, I think you have people that look at destiny, destiny now as like a, almost like a television series, right? Like we come back week after week after week season after season, year after year to continue to experience the game for its highs and its lows for the story, for the gameplay. I think, I think while a brand new game on a brand new engine with like souped up graphics would be super cool. I'd much rather continue getting destiny content. Yes. than than have to take that break. Um, I feel like, I mean, when you do that, I feel like it gives you time and energy that you can focus on the quality of the content that you're putting out and the quality of the the play experience. And you can, you know, I feel like really build the game for your community as opposed to releasing another title. Um, I know that we talked about this earlier, and I don't want to go too far into it. I'm just kind of going to kind of touch on it. But uh, I think that the Warframe is a really good example because Warframe has been around for a really long time, and it's kind of a different take on the same uh, subject matter. And as someone who's played it in segments as it's grown, I feel like every time I come back to the game, I'm just like, man, like they polished this, and this feels better, and that yeah. feels better. And so I feel like it's given them an opportunity to really hone their game into what they want it to be and what their their fan base wants it to be. Yeah. And so I feel like Destiny has been going down that path and could continue to go down that path in a positive way. And so if they were to just continue with the content with Destiny 2, they could really, really curate it to make it things feel better and it's exactly the kind of content that we want and and then I just feel like it's healthier for the game if it's done properly. Instead no, one hundred percent. Instead of restarting and and having a whole brand new title to build off of, like yes, it might look prettier, but with a game like Destiny, I feel like there are more important things than just how the game looks. One hundred percent. Like you look at and like I know that there's a lot of turmoil around it, and like I do not support the company. Uh, whatsoever, uh, at least right now, maybe never again, but like what, what is going on with world of war, uh, world of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. I cannot talk tonight, man. Uh, so, so you see, wow. And how it's been around for fuck what? Like fucking 16, 17 years now. Um, and, and outside of like occasionally taking some stuff out of the game, which we touched on that, you know, a few weeks ago. It really has been World of Warcraft, um, and I feel like you and I talked about this also fairly recently, uh, and I've been talking to some of my other friends about it too, but like Bungie really is building Destiny 2 into like this perfect vision for, for what they've always wanted it to be. They're 
and man, this totally leads into it, but we'll get to it on another episode. But like Bungie really is getting away from what made Destiny 2 vanilla a bad game. Not that it was a bad game, but like a worse game. What what made it a worse game. Uh, and really giving us like the action MMO that they've wanted Destiny to be since day one. Uh, without the restraints of other people's creative input, uh, just listening to themselves, listening to their community, doing what they think is best for the game. And at the same time, we're still getting upgrades to the graphical fidelity that this game has on offer. Like, I feel like, again, that we talked about it at some point previously, but 100%, like, this game's graphics even have improved over time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the lighting for the entirety of the EDZ and all of Nessus were, were completely, it was completely all redone, um, for when Beyond Light dropped. Mm-hmm. That that's super, great. that's super cool. And it looks fantastic. I think if you continue to up-res textures, mm-hmm. which is not as easy as that sounds, it's not like a Control-Z, Control, or Control-C, Control-V situation, um, and continue to improve lighting, and like do do the occasional work that needs to be done there to keep Destiny looking like a modern title, mm-hmm. which, again, I feel like they were already doing yes. a great job of, uh, then I think, I think that the people that are like, uh, new graphics, I think you <laughs> satisfy them Right. Well, also continuing to add to your game without starting over a hundred percent fresh. Yeah. Like Bungie has made it very clear. Like we want as many new players as we can possibly get. Absolutely. But from now on, destiny is for the destiny fans and not some potential brand new audience. Yes. And that's awesome. That's super cool. I think that the, and for, like I said earlier, for a game that is like the way that it is, I feel like that's, the healthier option. I feel like it, it satisfies the fan base and makes them feel attached. Not only say attached, but like, you know, it's a living game. No, they it's feel a, like a part of it. It, it. That's, that's what I mean. It, it, it feels like you are intertwined with it. And yeah, man. It's really, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I love the game so much. I mean, when, when we saw the bog cutscene when bog released, like I, I almost cried. So like, no, I, dude, I like that. I like that feeling of the game, of the game growing, and I'm growing with the game. It, yeah, no, Justin, like God, that that statement really hits it. Like, really, really brings it home in a in a fun way. Like, Destiny has, like, I remember when D two came out. There was a lot of talk about like returning exotics, and obviously they just keep bringing stuff back from D one, which I think is a good thing because they have no plans for a D three. Um, repopulate the game as much as you can from what was really good in Destiny 1. And we see that with Vaulted Glass. But the the point was, was like, there was no, there was nostalgia for things, but there was no nostalgia going straight from what had just happened in Destiny 1, right, with Age mm-hmm. of Triumph. Yeah. Uh, going into D2, because like, we had just re-experienced all of the coolest shit from the entire game in like a brand new cool way mm-hmm. that had been slightly updated and changed to make it feel modern at the time. <clears throat> I think Destiny is doing a, a great job of like really, really reminding you of where it's come from. Um, really, really doing a fantastic job of being like, hey man, like six years ago, <laughs> you and your friends plundered the vault of glass. And here it is again, up higher frame rates. More enemies, different enemies. In all its glory and then some. 
it, right. Like here is here is the vision of the Vault of Glass perfected. Uh, like even Luke Smith, who was the lead designer on the Vault of Glass, was like, the D two Vog is really really good. Yeah. Like they did things that. I don't know if I would have or could have done it any better or even as good as what they did. I'm thrilled with it. And I think that moving forward, we're only going to see more and more of that destiny distilled down into Bungie's perfect vision for it. Pure destiny. Dude, give it to (laughs) me in my veins! Uh... But anyway, that's my that's my little like sappy rendition here at the end of the so podcast. I, I think that makes it pretty clear for both of us how we feel about the, the question oh, yeah. that you posed. Destiny uh, three is a no go. Just yeah, no, no thanks. Give me D two and like keep changing, keep taking shit away. I don't give a fuck. I'll keep paying for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> could you imagine? I'll get flamed so hard for saying that. Arr, this guy's a shill. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like Destiny's great. I know. I feel like I feel like I say that a lot on this podcast. <laughs> Jesse's really cool. Same yeah, uh, podcast. So, guys, uh, that's basically it for the main show. Now, of course, just like you, we're all looking for new friends to play Destiny with. Uh, so, we have a segment here on the podcast called "Looking for Friends." Instead of looking for group, which is an LFG, right? Mm-hmm. We're looking for friends, which is LFF. So, for this week's LFF entry. We have a good buddy of mine who uh, who I've known for a decade or more now. Uh, met him on uh, the forums, which shall not be named. Uh, unfortunately, he did not make the move over to Reset Era when we all came over to Reset Era from, again, the form that shall not be named. But he's a really cool guy. He's a big Halo fan. He uh, He plays, I believe he plays on Xbox. He may be playing on PC. No, he does. He plays only on Xbox. Uh, his name is Chris. Chris is a returning guardian. So Chris played Destiny a good bit in D1. Played a little bit at the launch of D2. Hasn't really picked it up. Recently bought the Beyond Light like Deluxe Edition. So he got the Beyond Light, all of the seasons, and then has also been playing through the last couple of expansions. Uh, Chris needs our help because he needs more friends. Chris is looking for friends. So you can find... Good old Chris uh, on Bungie Friends. His Bungie friend name is Senator Cooch. Pound 0206. Now that is spelled a little funny, so I'll spell it out for you. S-E-N-A-D-O-R-K-O-O-C-H hashtag or pound uh, 0206. That is my buddy Chris, Senator Cooch. We love you, buddy. Thank you so much for listening to the show. It really does mean a lot to Justin and I. Uh, and I hope you find some new friends to play Destiny with, uh, including us, love you jackass. Play. Gotta play with us. Soon. Shoot me a text. Um, but okay, guys. I mean, this this has been yet another fucking incredible episode of Pyramid Scheme, the best Destiny podcast. <laughs> uh Thank you guys so much for, for watching Justin. If someone was like, man, I really like that Justin guy. Where, where can I find more of him? Um, well, I mean, I have, I have my TikTok, which is, uh, I believe it's just luminous havoc. Uh, there might be an underscore in, in there somewhere. Uh, this is, uh, please don't, 
Please don't make noise. Um, at Luminous Havoc. Yeah, so at Luminous underscore Havoc. L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S underscore H-A-V-O-C. Um, and then my bungee name. What is my bungee name? Uh, Luminous Havoc. So Luminous spelled the same way. Space Havoc. Uh, pound or hashtag 9685 is, is my bungee name. So you can... You know, feel free to throw me a, a bungee request. I, I log on almost every day, so I will see it and I will accept it. And then at some point we can play together. Maybe I'll drag Hell you yeah. into a Crucible or some sort of end-level PvE oh, content. Some trials. Oh, some dear Lord. Some rays. We gotta go get that Mythoclast. Uh, oh, Lord. So you can... My my name is Austin. Uh, I, I go by Horror Bear online. Uh, I, I enunciate it that way so that it's easier to remember how to spell uh, because it is very difficult to spell. It is P-F-H-O-R-B-E-A-R everywhere. So Twitter, twitter.com slash forebear, twitch.tv slash forebear, uh, youtube.com slash forebear. Uh, I am anywhere that you could possibly want me to be. I'm even on Instagram, but I never post. I'm even on TikTok. But I never post. Uh, made, made a pretty good one recently. <laughs> I made one for Tiku's divination. Had a nice little triple in a crucible match uh, with Tiku's. But guys, thank you again so very fucking much. Yeah, this is very fun for listening to Pyramid Scheme. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us here. We hope that you have a wonderful week. And until next week, my friends. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We love you. Good night and goodbye. We don't have to be quiet for the last, like, ten seconds, but I always feel like we should be quiet for the last ten seconds.